Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Bench Units. We've got what is hopefully a killer episode coming up. Um, anybody who has been following and knows wheelchair basketball generally knows that. Unfortunately, for the second straight episode in a row, we're um, having to open this with some words to a departed member of the wheelchair basketball community. Uh, as we've got a Canadian guest this time, we just wanted to kind of get this in off the bat, but uh, the Canadian women's program lost a player in mode jocks. And as number nine, we're just going to have nine seconds of silence to begin the podcast before we get into the swing of the episode. So sit with us through this. Okay, that's us back. Thank you for that. And we're going to have some further words from our guest when we get to her in just a minute here. But for the time being, I am Mark, as I usually am. I'm joined by James. How's it going, man? Yeah. Pushing rocks up hills, watching them fall down, imagining myself happy. Can't complain. <laughs> Great. Okay. On that bleak note, we <laughs> have a guest. And our guest is from Pender Island in Canada. Fresh off a season in Sardinia, now joining us from Gran Canaria. And James, your European geography might be better than mine, but it's only a matter of time until she ends up playing for Belfast Knights. Is that correct? Uh, yes, or somewhere in Greece. We're joined by one of the true island boys of uh, wheelchair basketball at this point. I don't know if anyone else gets to stake that claim. Uh, there's definitely been a... I'd say there'd be a few, but... <laughs> <laughs> she is not only that she is a guaranteed and very much appreciated like on anything we put on instagram it's only a matter of minutes until her name crops up and yeah full transparency that played a not insignificant role in her being gifted the belt recently because hey if people are going to support us we're going to support them and i hope you don't take this the wrong way i was surprised to see when i went back and checked our episode archives you are the most, you are the featured guest of the single most listened to Bench Units episode ever um, by a bordering on staggering margin. So, Katie Dandano, if you could please tell us the secret to being so appealing to the masses, that would be a great way to start. <laughs> I don't know that anyone has ever described me in such a way. <laughs> <laughs> Just statistically speaking, also it's not that big a deal. There's like six people that listen to this, so you might have got seven. I don't. The, those six people have gone and listened to this a good few extra times each. If that is the case, <laughs> I got I got nothing. Okay, um, well, because we were hoping you would oh. tell us the secret, because when when you said that, we were going to be like, okay, thanks, that'll be all for this episode, and we were going to call it a day there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Uh yeah, I I was as Mark said um earlier um we have to we started this episode um mentioning the loss of a Team Canada teammate of yours and we just wanted to clear out a little space here if you had anything that you wanted to say obviously neither of us knew her so we wanted to give you a chance to sort of speak about her if you wanted to at the start of this episode say anything that you yeah knew. um. Yeah, no, Mode was, uh, she was a really good friend. Um, and uh, she was just like a really awesome person and like a phenomenal teammate. Um, you could always count on her to, you know, tell you exactly how it is. She was not afraid to call you out. And it was like one of the biggest things I admired about her. Um, 
but she was just, yeah, she was just a really good friend. And I know we all going to miss her um, quite a lot. Uh, so yeah, it's a big, it's a big loss to our, to our team and our program and anyone who knew her. So, yeah. Well, we, um, we hope you're holding up. Okay. And yeah, it's obviously this stuff goes down. It's, it seems to have happened a couple of times recently, but I think the kind of the upside of it is you do see the wheelchair basketball community coming together in such a way. And with it being a relatively small world, I think it is cool being able to see the extent of these people's kind of positive impacts. And obviously someone who for yourself, you know, you've been in the sport a relatively short amount of time compared to a lot of the people who've been, especially in the Canadian program, the people who've been around forever it's cool to see these people, you know, touch on what's becoming. I I feel like I can't call you the new generation at this point, but the you know the the newer generation. Yeah, no, it's been it's been tough, but it's been really cool. Um, it's helped to see how many people she's impacted. Um, you know, you get everyone coming out to say, you know, something about her, and so it's been really. It's been really lovely to see all those different um, lives that she's kind of impacted. And yeah, she was just a really, really great person. So yeah, I was um, I was really lucky to get some one-on-one time with her this summer because she lives in Montreal and I'm in Toronto. Okay. And she came to Toronto for just a few hours because she drove up with one of her friends who had a, an appointment. She didn't want him to have to go alone. Like that's the kind of person she was like, she's just a, gr- a really good friend. And um, so I got to spend a couple hours with her. So I'm really grateful that that happened, but yeah. Anyway, anyway. thank you. Guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's okay. We, we can only apologize for um. It's obviously tough to transition from this stuff into, into the kind of a, uh, the general flow of the episode, but uh, we we hope you will bear with us as we we kind of <laughs> kind of fall back into it now. Um, if we're gonna bumble for long enough, we don't need to transition, which is what we're doing. So if we yeah, just say exactly "but exactly anyway" exactly and then fun. move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how you transition, right? But that's, anyway, <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, so you're you're joining us. We had you on August last year, which. I don't know about you, but from our end, it feels like it was a lot longer ago than that. A lot of stuff has happened in that time. A lot. <laughs> um, so you, you casually dropped into it last time we spoke to you. We were like an hour and 15 minutes into the podcast and you were like, oh, by the way, I'm headed to Porto Torres next year. And we were like, <laughs> oh, cool. We would have built the whole episode around that if you had let us know beforehand. But it's like we, we were are... just talking about stupid stuff like international basketball. We could have been talking about island life and clubs exactly. and um so we're going to start with Portosares um you've obviously had your year there was your first year in Europe and you've moved on but do you want to give people a peek behind the scenes into your your adjustment to the European island life as James put it um I mean I had a great time uh in Portosares to be honest um I was just at that point, like when I accepted going to Port Shores, I had honestly thought I'd be spending the year back in um, Canada again because uh, my previous team fell through. And yeah. so, yeah, I was just kind of like got the offer from Port Shores and like two days later, I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I looked up the island. And I was like, <laughs> it's 
seems like a pretty nice place to be. This will do. It's one of those places you Google and they kind of, it comes up with like the four photos at the top of the highlights and you're like beach, beach, sea, beach. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I just Google postcards by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Pictures. And I was like, you know what? Even if I like hated the program, like, I'm pretty sure I could tough it out in this place for a year. So. And is that That's what cool. it was? No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll get no, to that. No, I'm not saying that. No. Um, um, it's funny because like you were talking about going there and then I was speaking to Matt Rolston, who you ended up playing with, who's a good friend of mine, about going there and I had the same thing where I was like, I have no idea about the basketball, don't know who's coaching, don't know what the club's like. I've heard good things and bad things, but man, living there would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, Matt had messaged me when he was thinking about it. And he was like, just be honest with me. And I was like, this is what I've got. Because I had only been there for like two weeks at that point. So I was like, you know, just kind of like laid out for him. I was like, this is how I see it right now. But if anything changes, I was like, I don't know. So far it's good, but yeah, Yeah. I know. You kind of have to take a bit of a jump with a lot of those things, unless you have like a friend who's on the team already or who has been, you kind of have to take a bit of a leap of faith there, especially for your first club in Europe. You Mm kind of have to guess like I did with Grand Canary. I got lucky as we'll talk about, but I know certainly a lot of people who've ended up in clubs that have made them just want to turn around and go home in a month. But yeah, Yeah, I've heard some stories. (laughs) It does happen, but it sounds like you avoided it for the most part anyway um how did how did the european leagues kind of meet your expectations of was it what you thought it was going to be when you when you set up and headed out there um yes and no i mean i was definitely happy um that it was a higher competition level but i do think i had a bit more expectation of a higher competition level like during practices and stuff like you know that you'd kind of have a team of like 12 yeah but to be honest I mean it 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 makes sense like you know we have a very like a much smaller pool of athletes here so you're obviously you're gonna have to have some developing players which is fine too but I think to me it was more just like from where I was coming from um in Illinois right I had like a lot of young teammates right and so I was just kind of ready to move on to like let's go like I want to be competing I want to be the one that's pushed I want to be challenged I want to learn you know that's kind of where I was coming from so it was like a little bit of like I was still kind of having to do what I was doing in Illinois when I came to Port yeah. Torres, but, but it was like a combination of the two so I was getting that higher competition level as well but I was still having to do a lot of that like helping with yeah you know kind of like fundamental type stuff and but yeah, yeah. No, the, the competition level though during games was for the most part usually always there so that was awesome like, did you have you talk about you know the competition level of the the games and especially a couple of the top teams in the italian league last year did you have a moment of you know going up against some of the giants and you know the old school bigs who are in those teams and be like oh this is this is different. Um, I don't know if I really thought it was like different. Um, I I'm lucky enough that like uh 
when I'm like with team Canada and stuff, uh, Mateo, our men's coach will let me sometimes practice with our men's team. Like if they need another body or, you know, if I'm there, he's more than happy to let me play with them. So like, you know, I've gone up against their bigs and like, I've gotten to play against Pat a couple of times. So it's not like it really was like, Oh my God, like this thing. And to be honest, I'm not really one to back down from the challenge. So, you know, it was like, they're big, they're experienced, but I was like, I'm ready for it. So I wouldn't say I was really that like, yeah, deer, no deer in the headlights. You you don't strike me as that kind of person in complete fairness. So maybe that was a stupid question. Yeah, no, but like, I just, my reaction is more instead of to be like, oh God, it's like, let's bring okay. it go. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you got a little touch of like small man, small woman syndrome, despite the fact you sit max height? Um, I mean, I'm... I've never been like, I know I'm not like a big player, um, you know, like, cause I sit with um, reverse dump as well. So really my, the only max height part of my chair is right at the back. So I sit a bit lower, but <laughs> I also have really short arms. So if I were to sit like flat maxed out, I wouldn't be able to move my chair. Like <laughs> so I kind of sacrifice <laughs> seriously. Like the first couple chairs they put me in when I first started that were like maxed out. Like I could barely touch the wheels because I have these really short. So um, I sacrificed sitting like higher to be more agile. And to be honest, I way rather like, I think it complements the way I play. Like I go with agility um over height because even if I sat maxed out it's not like I'm gonna be excessively big anyway so I was just like whatever but I don't know if I would say I have like small woman syndrome like I think I've really um developed my game to um compensate a bit for that lack of height right so I really focus on pullbacks and stuff and um knowing my spacing in my chair so that like, you know, if I'm going up against a bigger player, I know how to get myself that extra space to be able to get shots off. So I've really worked on my game to be able to, you know, compensate for those kind of things because yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big player. So, but yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Did you find when you went to Porto Torres and you kind of, you mentioned that you kind of wished you were pushed a bit more in practice. Do you think, there's like a cost benefit there between getting pushed Monday to Friday versus having to carry a lot of load offensively on a Saturday. Like, do you think, although not having anyone to not having enough people to push you Monday to Friday, maybe as a negative, do you think that comes back around where you get like good quality 40 minutes of like high volume handling and shooting on offense and, do you, do you think that's helpful for you? Especially, obviously, that translates a lot to how you play in the international game. Your high minutes, high shot attempts, a lot, a lot of volume. Do you think that kind of? Do you think that was useful, or would you rather have had like a good twelve in practice and then rotating a bit more? Um. Tough. Well, I mean, like, yeah, the volume in practice, like, was a lot in Puerto Torres, like, um. But the thing was, too, is just like, 
like we had decreased numbers a lot of the time. Um, so we would often have to just play like three on three. I mean, like our volume, like in terms of like pushing on court, like mm. was a lot, like we would push a lot because sometimes we'd play three on three full court for like oh, two hours. That's the worst. I mean, to be honest, it was like pretty fun because it's like, you got all this space to work with and like, but when it's like defensively, you're like, like yeah that was uh that could be painful sometimes but um yeah no in terms of like a push like I got a good push at Porto Torres because like the guys were all like quick um well I was kind of having to push a lot but um yeah it was just more like um basketball experience you know like I was Mm kind of looking for a bit more of a influence that way on my game you know just to like get different perspectives and like add in a lot of stuff. So I think that was probably my biggest thing, but um, yeah, it does help. I think, you know, to get like a good consistent 40 minute, like, you know, successful 40 minutes um, does help to be a little bit more like, I don't know, chill in practice, I guess, like mm-hmm. chill, but like, you know, like a, you don't have to be as uh... uh makes complete sense um so looking at your guys season you had you as you've alluded to you little short on numbers um yes, slightly sir. weird mishmash of a roster looking back that um obviously you came in late uh, i think the israeli guys were already signed up at that point and then matt came in by the sounds of it just a little bit after you mm-hmm. um but he just never knows what he's doing. Like the season started, and I could ask him what he's doing this season, and I'm not sure he'd know. But yeah, um, he, like he lives like he plays. It's great. I just asked him that like a couple couple like weeks ago, like one or two weeks ago, and I was like, "Yeah, so what are you up to this year?" I was like, "Did you like resign with uh, Porto Torres?" He didn't answer me though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure he knows. I that's, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? I bet he doesn't know. He's probably. Yeah figured it out yet so you, you're talking about chasing him around just reminded me over the summer in between like gb camps i got to go home for a couple of days and there was a scrimmage with my old club but this like horrible gym horrible rubber floor and we just scrimmaged for honestly it might have been two hours but just chasing matt rolston around in a rubber floor for two hours was as like it might have been as much as i've pushed in a summer where i had two international tournaments well, i don't play so it makes sense but like it's terrible it's terrible oh. terrible time well, when we talk about pushing and practice, yeah. And then Matt would come and he would like pick me up full court. I'm like, if we're talking about wanting to have like a good 40 minute game on the weekend, I was like, Matt, get out of here. <laughs> like, dude, leave me alone. Uh, man, you need me to shoot 23 shots at the weekend. Like, you leave my arms out of this, man. <laughs> having yeah, him like, pick you up full court on, is basically a remedy for not being able to take any shots in an entire scrimmage. <laughs> so, okay, well, I'm just not getting like past the halfway line here. Honestly, though, it was really nice having him on my team. He was a bit like, Matt, just go long, you know, just like, you know, <laughs> him with like the long pass for the layups because they're so fast. Right? Oh, it's, like, no it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Like, it's crazy. And even when, like, even when you would pick me up full court, people come back to try and pick him out. You can't. He just slips it no. and like, now he picks us both out. I'm like. <laughs> he's, he's nuts. And, like, I've played, I've been very lucky to play with a lot of good, quick players, especially in GB. And I still, I'd put him up there with anyone. Like, 
chair skills wise and he's 40 something like he's 42 i think like what are we i'm telling on him there i don't know if he listens to this but i'm telling on him but yeah <laughs> i know but he's got the like he's also got the energy of like a yeah that that's the bit i can i can never get <laughs> my head around from having played against him enough times i'm just like why is this guy not tired now <laughs> he, i'm so <laughs> yeah. sure he should be um, I know, he's always saying like after or like before it's oh I'm tired like oh my shoulders and then he comes out and he's like mock five at all times I'm like, fine. yeah out of here <laughs> oh <stop>. man <laughs> okay we, we did have talk about Matt Ralston on the, a little lower on the rundown but I feel like we can we can pencil that one through now and draw like uh, yeah I can't talk to someone who's played with one of my old teammates and not do this so yeah I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way but yeah <laughs> Cool. Okay, Mark, uh, take me away from this. Um, so yeah, I was going to ask you before we tangented there, Katie. Um, you guys, given that your team was a little bit kind of thrown together, you were able to, particularly when it came to Euro Cup, you guys overachieved a little bit, and you were able to make it through to the Champs Cup uh, quarterfinals, where you met a complete and utter murderer's row. Um, First up, why do you think your guy your qualifying round where I think you finished second behind Gran Canaria? Um why do you think you guys were able to pull together as well as you did for that against you know some some decent teams in and amongst the Well, I mean, okay, like if we look at all those different groups in that first round, like ours was the jankiest group ever. Hey, don't don't, <laughs> don't ever apologize for having having the group that you you land with i mean we were all very upset about it like anyone in any other group was like what do you mean man <laughs> i know i was like looking at them and i'm like looking at the one group i don't i think it was like uh Illunion, like Londil, santo stefano yeah. i'm like and then we end up here with you know gran canaria us hamburg and um Ramadan was the yeah. other one. and i was like okay <laughs> yeah ours was like us galatasaray julianova lecane right. yeah. manchester not as bad as the other group but still better than, like still worse than yours <laughs> ne ne never apologize man because any of those teams in those stronger groups would have swapped with you in a heartbeat if you know none of oh, them yeah. were saying hey i'm really glad we get to prove ourselves against the toughest group <laughs> <laughs> it's just well, not it happening. was just like it was just kind of wild because i'm like our group was so janky. We come in second. And then I'm like looking where at the other groups and like Santo Stefano got like slapped by some team. And those guys came out in the first game and like handed it to us by like 40. And so I was like, and we're moving on and you're not. <laughs> oh, we, we got Santo Stefano by the end of the season. Don't worry. We've, we've fallen prey to Santo That's Stefano. That's right. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. You beat them. Yeah. No, no, no. They beat us. Wait, yeah. what? They beat yeah. us by like eighteen. It was terrible. <laughs> Euro League one final, but it's just we you just oh, yeah, that's right. Just freight train, like they just I, we just couldn't do anything about the press at all for forty it's minutes. Actually, oh my god! Yeah, it's funny that James remembered that one and you didn't because if you go back and watch that game, you would think Bilbao weren't actually there for that one. You'd be like, oh, Santa Stefano just running layups in the half court here. I forgot. No, what was I? I was thinking about a different one, I guess. Then because there was one game where I was like looking forward to watching because I was like, I want to see how Santo Stefano holds up. And then they ended up kind of like, I was like, oh, you know, because they were like our top team, well, one of our top teams in Italy. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, to see where they held up against teams from other leagues. But um, 
Illunian and Landil ran them, like yeah. just ran them into the ground. I know that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. we did no, not. <laughs> Well, like when we played them, the first time we played them, I think we were kind of like holding it down a little bit with them in the first half. And then they put that press on and absolutely slapped us. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But not, I mean, you're, you're honest, not the only team that fell victim to that one. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think that would be. To be fair, we fall victim to any, we fell victim to any time a team put a press on. Even oh, yeah. So it was kind of like, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, let's um let's touch on that set that quarterfinals group that you um you know you say how how did we um manage to sneak through? Well, this was your reward was you ended up with Illunion, Thuringen, and Bilbao, who among them placed second, third, and sixth in Europe by the time everything was said and done. Um, <laughs> that was for you guys. You obviously they're pretty undermanned against the competition, but. I think it will get lost to history, but you guys were in a couple of those games for at least stretches of of time there, and you know it was genuinely a great viewing experience. You know, seeing the kind of Cinderella story, if you will, um, you know, push these guys. But what were kind of your takeaways from that? Because you were out there and you were doing everything you could against these teams, and I think there was a real sense from watching it and from talking to people that. You know, maybe those top teams hadn't watched Porto Torres play and maybe, you know, the more established bigs in those teams didn't know you yourself. And I think there was significantly higher respect level for you as a player by the end of the tournament than maybe there had been at the start. Was that your sense of things at all? Um, I mean, like, I think, yeah, people just, they've never seen me play in this kind of, setting and like I don't know I was fairly like unknown I guess in Europe because I really hadn't done much in terms of you know playing here and um like in the leagues I really had only played for like international like women's teams so yeah I'm sure people had really no idea like how I would handle top teams and stuff but I mean for me it's like when I saw like our group I was just like like it's like that kids game like you know which one of these does not belong <laughs> <laughs> I mean we we're just like we kind of went into that it's just like you know like let's just go out let's compete for me I was just like I was pumped because I really wanted to see you know like these top teams in Europe like the best players best teams like I love that that's just like I live for that so I was super pumped but I was like I know this is going to be really really difficult but like for me I just went out and was kind of like screw it like I'm going to do whatever I can and we're basically like green light like yeah go out and like I, I came over like to Europe looking for a challenge I was like here it is you know you pretty much got <laughs> everything you could ask for in terms of a challenge so let's go like you know rise up <laughs> um so yeah i think after after that i think you know people might have had an idea that you know i can i can hang in this league and you know in europe so that's yeah, cool well, presumably gran canaria had an idea because i imagine we'll get to that in a little bit but i imagine it's not coincidence that you went to the same qualifying round as them and you play for them now <laughs> they're probably like oh, yeah she'll do 
That's um, what happened to me. Like I played against them in the Euroleague <laughs> final, and they were just like, uh, "Do you want a job? Sure, okay." <laughs> the, the Grand Canaria scouting model is just grab players who have decent games against us, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Um, it's, it's the Dark Rivers school of of scouting, but there isn't actually a better way to do it in the wheelchair game. So, yeah. I respect it. Um, last question I'm going to ask you on Porta Taurus, Katie. <laughs> I I completely forgot about this until I, I went back through our Instagram chat on the benches account to see um when we'd had you on previously and I came across the message when I think you might actually have been out at Champions Cup or have just finished and I asked you how it was going and your reply was they're an interesting bunch, that's for sure. <laughs> Can I ask you to either elaborate on or defend that stance? That was me talking about Porto Torres, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it's just, uh, it was just, a, it was like a funny group because, you know, you've got like, um, like, yeah, Roddy and Maui who are like pretty young and then, um, you know, like Dario and stuff. And like, we've got these young guys and then you've got like the other half of the team is like, married with children and then I was kind of like smack in the middle like didn't really fit into either one of them <laughs> and then yeah so it was just kind of like an interesting group that way um and then like just in terms of basketball it was it was interesting right because you've got guys who've got like you know they were talking they've got like 30 years of experience on the team and stuff but like the differences in like you know, like fundamentally what people knew and stuff. And so it was really trying to like with the team, like piecing together, like how we could play with what everyone could do. So it was, just, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was just an interesting group, but um, no, they were, they were a fun uh, group of guys and like really lovely. Like I, I really loved like all the local um Sardinian guys there like Luca I love playing with Luca he actually me and him I think play really well together um and like they're just funny and like jumpy he's hilarious like you can't not love being around that guy <laughs> and like yeah so yeah they're just oh. it was it was just an interesting group that's the only way oh, I could. stop staring then stop trying to get you to say anything to incriminate yourself <laughs> you, you handled that very diplomatically I, I do think it is just a side effect of the fact that there's that sort of top tier of maybe 20, 15 to 20 clubs in Europe that can really go out and shop for players with a style of play in mind and with a framework in mind. And then just below that, and even just below that is still a team that made the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. So the top whatever team in Europe, but it is kind of a, we need to get this guy and hey, do you want to come play here? And Hey, we need a two five. Do you want to come over here? Like it's it's a little bit of that. You kind of you very quickly you get to clubs that are just piecing it together with whatever they can not whatever they can find in terms of quality, but just like guys that they can actually get to come and yeah, play the, for their clubs. It's it's, it's a weird end, one. It's the yeah. end week meal of like what's in the fridge. Okay, the, <laughs> these things these things don't make a meal, but I will make them make a meal. That's actually such a good analogy for like what our team was. <laughs> I love that though. Like it's my favorite thing in the world when you look at like me and Mark were talking about the fact that uh, Joventut, the team from sort of 
in Barcelona direction in the league this year. I've got like a load of old guys that were previously like gunners on OK teams 10 years ago. And now it's just really fun that they're all playing together because we're going to need seven basketballs. Um, but yeah, we, me and Mark just were weird and love that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, we're going to move on and we'll talk about got our, the, first, got our first, but anyway, and after we referenced it earlier. But anyway, yeah, um, we're going to move on and talk a bit of international basketball. And first things first. Mark picked you guys to win gold in the women's worlds earlier this year. So it's up to you as to whether you either want to apologize for letting him, in, letting him down personally, or if you want to just tell him why he was wrong and why he shouldn't have had such high hopes, you can do that too. You know, it's funny because I listened to that episode, Mark, where you did your solo episode. Oh yeah. Like that, your prediction. That feels, that feels like a fever dream at this point. I just to plug the mic in and ramble for an hour. I don't remember anything I said. It, it, like you did very well, and also if you were ever, um, if you were ever accused of a serious crime against another human, you could absolutely put a solo podcast in as evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I listened to that episode, and I was like, it's funny because, like, in the like days after Worlds, which were just like a, I exactly like a fever dream for me too I was like I don't even know what's happening right now just the worst not a good time um but I do specifically remember thinking like like I'm gonna have to apologize to Mark for that because (laughs) (laughs) like I have actually been thinking and it was one of the things I was like if when I come on this podcast I have to apologize so much because you had such high hopes for us and you were like talking to up and I was like Wish we could have been that team for you, man. Well, the, well, the, there's a very, um, there's a very easy get out clause to all of that, and it's just that I was wrong. <laughs> like it's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah, there's a world in which it's Mark's so it's fault. Like you're not the only one. Like all these people have, like, you know, they're like, oh, you guys should be up there, and I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but like. You could blame the IWBF for not letting international ball be 14 and a half. Like, I think that would solve a lot of your guys' problems. Yeah, it really would. What? <laughs> I would give so much for that. Like, would you give up enough leg to lose half a point? Or no, <laughs> <laughs> no, do not. Uh, do when that. the classification stuff was going on, trust me, I had some dark thoughts going through my oh, head. <laughs> so did a lot of people. It, it was uh, not good for yeah. the mental health of the athletes in this world. Oh. My God, no, it was not like I and it continues to be, yeah. And lots of I know, honestly, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I will talk about that for hours. Yeah, let's not bash the federation. Um, so this is more against the IPC. (laughs) This is the the ironic thing to me thinking you guys could have could have won goal as I went back as I was doing the right the rundown for this episode and i was like i'm just gonna see what like the step-by-step of how your guys um world championships run went and i looked at the group and i was like man they really should have won that group so i'm still doing it to myself even now (laughs) (laughs) um oh i know It's but so should... funny that like we are wrong is so far down the list of possibilities of why we didn't get something right. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> it. but I think you look at that that group and it was like you guys, China, um, GB, Australia, Spain, Brazil. I think I think I did that off the top of my head, so I might be wrong. Um, but you guys, it didn't look like a murderer's row to start with. Uh, certainly not by the standards of the 
Champions Cup tournament we were just talking about, but every game was within like 10 points somehow. Um, and to make things more confusing, you guys, after losses to Australia and Spain, you then beat China, who ended up topping the group. Um, and the, you know, the the cards falling where they, they did meant that you guys hit the Netherlands in the quarterfinals, which is about as close to, uh, you know, I used the murderer's row phrase a second ago, that's about as close to a death sentence as that there is in any tournament. Um, so you, you must, you've obviously looked back at this now since it's happened, you must look at that and be like, man, if we could have held off on the Netherlands until some point after the quarterfinals, things would have looked a lot different. I apologize for making you um, languish in your pain here, but can you talk us through like how how do you think things could have gone differently if there hadn't been like one more group game upset? Oh yeah, let's just go get in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need my knife back once I'm done twisting it. By the way, oh uh, yeah, real deep. Oh <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the problem, like the thing with our team, is just like it's it's not even necessarily like other teams. It's just, it's us. We don't have, like we come out defensively every time. And that's kind of been my biggest thing with team Canada is like, we need to compete. Like if our team just competes, you know, and we don't like come out hesitant and defensive, like it's kind of getting us over our own, um, you know, like mental, whatever. Um, so we're really trying to work on that, but uh yeah, I mean, like, if things go different, like, had gone differently, even just in the Australia game, like, if we had come, if we had been able, like, to bounce back after our Spain loss and just if we had, you know, won the rest of our games there, like, we come in second or however that would work. I don't know if yeah, we beat China and then... Yeah, that is one thing I noted down, actually, is you finished... To finish fourth, you ended up in a three-way tie between second yeah. and, and fourth, and the points the points difference was like nine, eight, and eight. So you actually had the same points difference as the team that finished above you. Is like the most, the, maybe the closest head-to-head-to-head -to -head -to -head thing I've ever seen. But so yeah, I mean, I mean, looking back on it, like one of at least like one of the things I try and take away from that. Um, that's like a, a good thing. Like I've, I've had to reflect on this a lot for my own mental health to really <laughs> make sure I'm, you know, uh, okay with it. But, um, is that like, you know, at least the women, like the women's game is getting stronger, right? Because, you know, Spain, Australia, they came out, they competed, like they, mm -hmm. You know, I think statistically, like on paper, I think we are a much better team, but those guys came out and they did their job. They grinded, they, you know, did everything they could. And they come came up with a big win for both of those programs. And even Brazil, like those guys came out and like gave it to us. Like, I've never seen that team shoot that well. Like we've played Brazil so many times and those guys had the game of our life of their life sorry against us but to be honest that was kind of like the theme of that tournament every team had the game of their life against us just like ah <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was a good thing and then another thing was our china game i think we played really well and that was like one game where i remember like coming out and i didn't feel that same like people aren't ready to compete like we're not 
we're not ready to play this game. Like I felt like everybody on our team, like we knew our job, we knew what we had to do to disrupt China's game. And I think we did. And that game, like it felt so good. It felt so natural. It felt really cohesive. So those are two positives I take from that tournament. Uh, well, they're really the only two positives. I take from that well, if you want a third positive to chuck in, you will be pleased to know that um, I actually recorded a second solo pod I think the day after the day before the quarterfinals or the day of the quarterfinals after group stages ended. Um, and I think I heaped the praise on you guys for beating China. And I was like, I told you, I told everybody about Canada and nobody would listen. And then the episode took so long to upload that most of the quarterfinal games had taken place. And I was like, I'm just going to have to scrap this one. So at least yeah, he really lost. <laughs> yeah. He just deleted it when he realized he was wrong. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. And then we lost to the Netherlands and you were like, thank God that yeah. didn't upload. Uh, there, there's there's no shame in the losing to the Netherlands game. Everyone has lost to the Netherlands consistently, apart from think China once in the last five tournaments. Um, but yes, yeah, so you ended no, up. But it's so frustrating because it's like we've beat them before. Like we're one yeah. of the only teams that has beaten them. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna ask you to lay out the blueprint for everybody. Um, <laughs> but so, do you think coming away fifth with the sort of things that you spoke about needing to work on and kind of get out of your own heads? Um, do you think fifth is fair, or do you feel coming coming away from that having beaten a team like China? who end up coming home with a medal, do you feel like you're better than that? Well, we're definitely better than that. Like, but that's the thing with us. We're such a roller coaster team. Like, you know, one, one day we're um, playing really well. We're beating China or like, you know, in like some of our exhibition games, we've beat the Netherlands. And then the next day, you know, we're in this like absolute scrap with like, brazil or you know whatever and it's just like we're so up and down it's so um i mean technically if you ask me one of like our biggest problem is like over the past like six years we we were not prepared well for big moments like the amount of practice that we put in was like a lot but we weren't prepared in a way that's going to translate into winning in big games winning in big moments you know like we never trained in pressure moments and this is something that I've you know thought about since I joined this team you know that we were lacking with that kind of preparation I think it's shown in all of our forays in major games you know like there it is we just don't have that like and I'm not saying that we can't get there. We absolutely can. Like this team has everything it takes to be in that final game and hopefully winning it. But I just don't think we were prepared that way for these past, like, you know, like six years. So right now we're having to do a lot of kind of like damage control, trying to find, you know, like we're way behind from where we could have been, you know, like if if we had had that kind of, proper preparation you know and and like that's the kind of stuff is like i see from these worlds where like you can see like australia took a hit losing some of their big players right with that classification stuff and but since then you can see their growth right you can see where they've come from and where they are now same thing with spain right like spain didn't have one of their top players 
And, but you can see from like, they've been building, right? And you can see their trajectory upward, right? And ours is just kind of plateaued, right? We've, you know, we had a bit at the beginning, we had a real new team, but now we're just kind of still at this fifth place. Like this is where we are. We haven't been able to break that, you know, quarterfinal thing. So yeah, I mean, to me, it's it all comes down to the preparation, right? Like mentally, I think our physical preparation is good, but our mental, like, oh. sure. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you think you actually prepare for those big moments? Is there anything that you I can did, actually do for that apart true. from just play big games and play clutch, like in the clutch in the last five minutes of a tight game in practice, or like how do you? How do you train for that? Because I that's something I think about where I've been in sort of on the floor at the end of a couple of big games. And I've just been like, oh, I might throw up. What do I do about this? <laughs> I mean, for me personally, like I like coming from my stand up background, like I remember the way we used to practice like on my university team. And I'm telling you, we were in pressure situations that the entire time, like you're nerves were just like through the roof every single practice because you know well and I mean for my coach like she was very big like um like with consequences you know she would tell you what you need to do and if you don't do it there are consequences and you have to pay and generally those consequences are not fun (laughs) so like for us it was just like you know we'd be doing drills and we'd get like two chances like like if, if if it was talking, like if that was our focus, like talking or something like communicating and we didn't do it, she'd be like, communicate, communicate. And if we didn't do it, and like you were running, like we ran all the time. Sure. Right. Yeah. And it was, and it was also, it was honestly too, like to me, I'm like, yeah, we didn't do our job. We didn't do what was expected of us. So it makes sense if we're going to get something out of this practice then, and we feel like we don't want to do the things she's asking of us, then yeah, cardio it is like, at least we'll get some physical conditioning. So we'll, you know. we'll, be, we'll be silent and super fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> like, um, yeah, well, it worked out for us on that team. Like we used to just like run teams into the ground. It's not necessarily that our like basketball was insanely good. It's just people couldn't keep up with us for four <laughs> I just love the idea of you guys just being silent assassins because you run every time you don't talk. So you just like transition teams into the ground silently because you haven't learned. <laughs> yeah, because we, we decided we were never going to talk, but we sure as hell know how to run. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was just like that though. We were always in pressure situations. Like to us, like I got to a point where it'd be like, you know, she'd be like, communicate. And you'd be like turning to your teammates. You'd be like, you yeah. <laughs> all of yeah. us were like, oh, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, everyone's been there where you're like, hey, I don't want to point fingers, but you're going to blow this for us and I'm not running again. <laughs> oh, honestly, it would get to points where I'm like, I don't like none of us cared about pointing fingers. It was like you, <laughs> you're not talking. <laughs> but like, to me, it was more just like, it's um the accountability like and you know the consequences right because that puts pressure on you in all those situations like when I compare like that team with our team Canada like team Canada we're just so comfortable all the time when we practice it's like ah I didn't stop the chair that time well 
I'll try next time. And it's like, you don't stop the chair again. Well, we'll give it a go next time. And then it's like after practice, like, well, you know, I feel like we could have done a better job on that, but guess we'll try again tomorrow. So there's no like urgency. There's no like, no, you have to do it. Right. And so to me, it was just kind of like, there it is. Right. Cause in a game, you only get like in those big games in a quarterfinal, you get one shot like yeah. one game and to me it was like we we're all like whoa, whoa, whoa what like what what and so yeah, so yeah. honestly that's where yeah. I think our biggest you're one step away from telling us that your team talk after the loss to the Netherlands was like hey we'll try him again tomorrow <laughs> it'll be fine <laughs> no, um, well, guys, we'll get him next time yeah, <laughs> you're talking about just like hey you only get one shot to stop a chair just immediately brought me to like that game we lost against the Union. i know it ended on terry hitting a stationary three but like one play before that like pinch ortega just smokes me one-on-one and gets a layup and it's like all right well yeah there's the game <laughs> like um we, we we made 50 other mistakes in the last quarter but like it's just one of those where you're like hey if i can't just stay in front of someone or open my mouth if i can't yeah there's the game but anyway i i brought that up and immediately was like oh i don't want to talk about this um mark <laughs> mark do you want to do you want to ask about if there's any blueprint to beating the netherlands or do we stop trying at this point um we've obviously done it to death at this point but i thought it was interesting to get your perspective on it katie is kind of an active challenger um i think my question i always come back to with the netherlands really is what is there even left for anybody to try that hasn't been tried at this point because it feels there's a a growing sense of inevitability which by the sounds of it i don't think you share in the same way i do because you've beaten them you know in friendlies and whatnot but do you look at them as head and shoulders above the competition or do you see cracks in the armor? Um, I mean, like, first of all, I have so much respect for that team. They like are a machine. Like I love playing them because you know, there's no way you're not going to get a good game and you have to bring like, your best game or they are going to put you in the ground. <laughs> so I, I like, yeah, I have so much respect for them, but I don't think they're unbeatable. And I mean, like we have beaten them before. And I mean, I, I think you just, you got to take them out of their game. It, but, but the one thing about them too, though, that I love as well is that they adjust really well um, to teams. Like for us, it's like every time we've beaten them, the next time we come out to play them, they adjust to how we play. That's another th- thing I think is one of our biggest weaknesses. We are very bad at adjusting, um, but we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, they just, uh, we just got, you kind of got to take them out of their game, but it, it's tough because they're so good at what they do, you know, like um, yeah, they just run a really, really tight system. Um, I just, I look, Fuck, I love their game. Like they they play it so well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they're unbeatable at all. No. Um, there's certain little things like uh I think defensively is the biggest focus against them, right? Like your defense has to be on point, like when you play them. That to me is the biggest way to beat them. Offensively, like I think like just thinking our team in particular, like offensively is usually not our biggest issue like we've got offense but um defensively against the netherlands they like to do these like crosses a lot too 
um yeah. with their bigs and well, stuff. That's and, brand new information. Is that it's that it's a lot of like, oh, you think you can hide from this mismatch? Ah, we'll find it. Don't worry, we'll take 22 seconds, but we will find it and you will yeah. double and we will get a layup. It's yeah. it's gonna happen. I think it's funny to watch teams play against them and problem solve and be like, oh cool, we've got one. And then as you say, they just adjust again. You're like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think like I think when in the games that we played against them and the ones that we've um, come really close to beating them or that we have beaten them, I think one of the big things is like the aggression on defense, like not letting them come to you. You got to go to them, like take their space away, you know, take these um, a lot of the time, too. It's like, yeah, they're looking for those mismatches. But if you kind of, um, you know, go out and stop their bigs before they can kind of get that, like, that's what worked for us when we did it. And it kind of threw them off and had them taking, you know, shots a little deeper out. And, you know, they were obviously still getting some of their stuff. Like you're never going to like good offense is always going to be good defense, but um, yeah, like it just, you know, it would just throw them off a little bit more and, or like force them to take shots that weren't as close or whatever for their bigs or, you know, having other people have to take shots more often than they normally would. So uh, yeah, I think that for us was when we come out like aggressive on defense and like, you know, ready to try and disrupt their game plan. And that I think just can be in general to like any team that you play. Like that's how we play with China too. You know, like China wants to play a very rigid, structured game. And we were like, no, let's just let this descend into utter chaos. That's what that That was our game plan. It was like, we were going to press them the entire game and just make it chaotic. Like, we want them finding absolutely no structure whatsoever. So I loved that. I was like, yes, let's revel in chaos. (laughs) And there's a give and take there where you're like, hey, we might give up some easy ones. We might give up some yeah. layups, but the like 80% or 90% that we don't is just going to be not what they want. Exactly. But I love that. Yeah. All right. Should we, oh. should we talk about some Grand Canaria, Mark? Let's do it. Yeah. We've got Grand Canaria to hit and then a couple of listener questions. Um, but we, we alluded to it a minute ago there, but how did you, how did Grand Canaria become your destination? Um, for this new season and did it beat out any other significant offers and if so apart from the fact that you are contractually obligated to live with water on all four sides of you at every given point what tipped the scales for Gran Canaria um I mean uh they, they well they got in touch with me before we came to um the island for the euro cup um, <laughs> that, that was a okay just to let you know this is your audition <laughs> well essentially it was kind of like <laughs> they were like you can check out the island and see what you think and like you know we can have a chat and stuff and i was like okay yeah and like at that point too it was like you know i liked puerto torres and like one of the things too like i mean about me is like i i really like to be loyal so like I had kind of been like I would love to stay with Puerto Torres and like help them build like a, a team that could potentially be like a championship team um but it was kind of just at that point like I started entertaining the idea of leaving because I was like I I don't know if I see them putting the right 
things in place to get there. I was like, I can do all that I can on court, but if you guys aren't going to kind of put the things in place um, from like an administration and like program point, like there's nothing I can do. Like if you're not going to join me in that kind of like, it's got to be a mutual thing, right? So It's it's tough to be loyal to anywhere that doesn't seem to be following any kind of plan that you can be like, this is where I fit in. That's the thing. It was like, you know, say that want to be, and I believe they do, but it's like, you have to put your, you have to show, you know, the steps that you're going to take to get there. That's what I want to see. Like, I want to see you showing me like, okay, that's what you want. So what's your plan? How, how are we, how are you going to make that happen? Right. And then we can, you know, figure it out. Right. But yeah. So, um, yeah. And then when I got to Grand Canaria, you know, I had, we had a pretty good tournament and, um, you know, I got to chat with, you and, um, and Ismail and stuff. And so that's kind of when, and, but even at that point still, I was like, I don't know, like, um, I'm still kind of like, I was hoping maybe Fortitores would get some things together, whatever, but, uh, yeah, they didn't really. So, um, yeah, I had a bunch of offers from, other teams, but I'm not gonna lie, I really only considered seriously Grand Canaria because I am an island girl. <laughs> I just like like and the biggest thing though, the biggest thing for me that I wanted was um I wanted the competition and I wanted um like a great training environment. And I really got that feeling from my talks you know, with Gran Canaria that I would get that. And also too, like the Spanish leagues, just so strong. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be there. Like, and so for me, it was kind of like, I kind of had to pick between the, like what I wanted in terms of basketball and what I wanted in terms of like, I don't know, like the lifestyle I had in Puerto Torres, which I really enjoyed it there. But I was like, kind of had to pick between the two. And I was just like, you know, where I'm at, like, I want, basketball I want it to be the highest level and I want to compete against the best teams every weekend and I want to be in a great environment that's going to push me every day um and to also too it was just talking with you and I like I think he just gave me a lot of confidence that like he would trust what I can do and like you know it's like I I want to play for a coach that you know you want a coach that like you want to go out to battle for right you know like I so I just I really felt like he had a lot of confidence in what I could do and what role I would play with this team and then you know I really um thought it would be really fun to play with like Alexi and um Sally like in the way the team would work kind of I think with the three of us on court um yeah so that's kind of what made me pick Grand Canary and then the fact that it's like this gorgeous vacation island I mean didn't hurt so yeah (laughs) it's really funny you did a lot of saying that you had to choose between playing a high level of basketball or living in a nice island like Puerto Torres and that's completely ridiculous because you absolutely didn't have to choose what are you talking about the only thing you gave up was the ability to drink tap water that is literally it um but yeah. Actually, you can't drink tap water. 
So. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no, but I mean, it makes sense. Too. I mean, like the lifestyle there, like with the people, and like yeah. I thought the people were there were really lovely, and they were they were really great to me. And so it was more like that kind of stuff because obviously I knew it wasn't giving up like the island life. Yeah. But the, this is Google a, Maps, and note. you were like, "All right, cool, <laughs> sweet." This is a side note to the Gran Canaria um, conversation, but does somewhere like La Canet being coastal and beachside? Does that like scratch the itch for you or are you like, no, no, there's not enough water surrounding me here? I mean, usually one of the things I like when I was looking at like different teams, I would Google and the first thing I'm always like, is it by the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> like so three sides minimum. Yeah. But four is pre- okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I mean, oh. I don't know. The like I just I, yeah I was I grew up on an island so to me like having the ocean there that's like it's like comforting and stuff I remember when I went to university I, it was like inland mm. it was the first time I'd ever lived inland and I remember feeling for the longest time like pretty claustrophobic I was like oh, oh it's like, wow. just like I felt really closed in which is funny because people always describe islands like that because you can't like get off them but I was like yeah. oh, no but um yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, right, like to me, the biggest thing is like basketball. So it's not like yeah. I would leave an island if the basketball and like the competition, like especially to like a good practice, yeah. um, like situation, you know, where you can be like, because, you know, you're you're obviously in the Spanish league, you're going to be competing like every weekend against good teams. But if you get that like, five days of the week like of good practice that would really draw me into because i'm like yeah you know it's well you're, you're getting that in grand canaria like it's yeah, one of the yeah, teams yeah. that has 10 guys and 10 good guys every day um yeah so you've played two one win one loss so far and still kind of integrating yourself <laughs> and some other people um how do you think it's coming together yeah, it's not too bad. We're really trying to like kind of lock in our defense. Um, I think that's where we're, you know, like offensively, we've actually got quite a few, you know, like people who can yeah. score and stuff. So that's not, I think, for us the most pressing thing. So yeah, we're really trying to work on our defense. But ironically, I say that. And then in the game against you guys, our offense was so bad. It's just a rock fight. Like we came away being like, yeah, like holding a team to 50 something, you guys holding us to 60, like that's fine. <laughs> like, can anyone make a shot? Seriously, you can, but but that yeah. but that game was that game was a bit of a um for what you've just described, that was a bit of a reversal of fortunes, right? Because your defense looked great every time you left James open. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> One from five. <laughs> that's that that's the it's it's so funny i i'm my name probably comes up like a strange amount when people are game planning but not for the right reasons at all like it's 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 like it's funny like i've heard people say that and i'm like well yeah if i don't know it i've obviously done something wrong at this point but yeah eh, try and make him I, I will say this every time i've played against you you normally hit like a decent amount like you know of shots that you've been left open on and i was like like what can we do like you're supposed to leave that guy open yeah just training him. so i mean 
but I, I've literally had that where like I've hit a shot someone's been like good day and I feel like yeah you're right like that's that's what you're meant to do it's tough if I make them like I've had people file me sent me to the line and I've just been like hey that's the right thing to do like whatever I don't care like me not knowing it would just hurt <laughs> so uh, yeah. imagine if you found out mid-game like, yeah, imagine no someone idea. be like force the ball into this guy and be like what do you mean yeah why would that be your game plan <laughs> a lack of self-awareness yeah your, your job is at the time you'd be like i'm gonna show you and then shoot it if it's the right thing to do or try and find a way to not be in that spot but yeah ah, one from five it'll it'll believe it i've immediately just evened out my good shooting from the week before to like <laughs> like below 50 it's great um, yeah i mean I these things yeah. happen. Yeah, we've, well, um, we've back... mentioned the um, the standard of the Spanish league and kind of being key in your decision. As you've kind of got comfortable here, does it feel distinctly different to Italy, or is it mostly just olive skinned guys yelling and gesturing at each other? <laughs> um, I mean, it's not like super different i find um i think there's a lot more taller people like some teams are just like massive (laughs) you know like um but i mean that was kind of like uh i mean going back to the small girl syndrome like an adjustment i made like last year is like you know like when i play internationally i generally tend to do a lot more cutting and like I have a much more pronounced like inside game I think but you know here it's just kind of like an adjustment like okay I'll shoot outside you know like um I don't know I don't find it too much different from the Italian league although I do think that um most players are faster like you know like all five players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in Italy, I kind of found there's like, you know, maybe like one or two that you're kind of pick up a week here it's, like, yeah. here it's like everyone's pushing pretty quick. So which is nice because I mean it challenges me, it pushes me. So I'm happy about it. But I mean sometimes it makes my life a little more difficult. <laughs> well yeah. you seem to you when you're picking have... me up full court on Saturday, I was like get out of here <laughs> it was just that very last play when like someone missed a shot there was a rebound you guys caught it again it was like oh i'm beside katie i should probably just be on her foot plate right now um i remember one where i was trying to get down to the other court in the first half and i kept having to like switch back with you because you wouldn't let me go so i was just like uh fine i mean i was one from five if i can't stop you what am i there for um but um the question i like asking people when they show up to a new team or a new league is is there anyone that you didn't really know were underrated previously that impressed you when you first showed up to gran canaria or started playing in the league um like that i didn't know about yeah that you didn't know about or maybe from just not having seen them play or practice with them you were like oh i didn't know this guy had it like that okay um i mean uh I think, yeah, like in the league in general, like, I mean, the hard thing for me too is like, I'm really, really bad at like remembering people. Like I can watch, like I, I watch a lot of basketball, but then people will be like talking to me. They'll be like, oh, you know, the guy from this team, he was like, this, and I'm like, uh. Yeah, you show so, up with a plan that's to do with numbers and names and you're like, just point them out when I get there, please. Like, tell me who I need to jump. 
like it's so bad and like I can like it can literally be to like a team we like just played and I'll be like I'm like <laughs> thankfully for like you guys like I've, I've seen you multiple times I'm starting to you know get a feel of your team and who's on it but like yeah but like other teams I'm just like you know we'll play them once and I'm kind of like who like but um I do I think on our team actually um I mean I remember when we first played a um Grand Canaria in um like last year with Porto Torres uh Raul like he's like he drained a bunch on us like when we were rotating and they would just like hit a middle and he kept like we couldn't get our help there in time and it was just like Wow, this kid, he was just oh, like yeah, he's hundred percent from the free throw line in open play, like of all time. He's never missed from there. If it makes you feel better, we had him in a Euro Cup game, I think the your whatever your last year was at in Sheffield James, but we Yeah, we had them and it, they had to play Raul at that point because he was still a junior in the European competitions and it meant they could get like Jorge Mendel and Richard Noche out there at the same time, maybe. And we were like, okay, we'll worry about the three bigs. We'll just leave this guy. And he missed his first two from the free throw line. And we were like, oh, this is it now. And then I think he made seven in a row before we were like, okay, yeah, we have to do something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we that was it. Gone. Seven from nine missed his first two is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. Like, And that's like the nice thing for us too. It's like now like when we have him middle, it's like money. Like, yeah. Yeah, leave him. <laughs> yeah, play four on four, wait till the help comes 100%. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and like for him, it's just like, you know, keep trying to tell him, like, dude, you're a shooter. Like, pull it. Like, just yeah. let it fly, dude. <laughs> like, if you've got it, go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one will No one will have any problems with the ball going up. Yeah, yeah. And I, because I think he's very like, um, and I totally understand this too. Like, I was very like it you know like you want to look for the best shot and like you know you don't want to take an outside shot too i mean <laughs> shouldn't say that anymore <laughs> if i'm open I'm <laughs> absolute gunner but okay yeah <laughs> yeah it was like past me <laughs> used to wait a lot longer <laughs> but um yeah like we're you know kind of like telling them like man like you're a shooter like if you are open you've got it go for it like let it let it fly man so yeah, he. I thought he was. Um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised with um, him, and and he's like so young still too. But um, and then I think now too. Um, uh, Filipski, yeah, from oh, like he. I, I've seen them play. Like I watched them play a lot, like last year too. But um, I think this year now, I guess, um, because like Manning hasn't been there, but um, he's like just going off like damn dude okay (laughs) 37 and 41 in two it's funny you should mention him you know because our our very next bullet point here we were going to say how does it feel that if it wasn't for Amiab missing both Lee and Alejandro and Filipski single-handedly making up for it you might actually be the leading scorer in the top league in the world by now because if Filipski hadn't had two games of 37 and 41 or whatever it was, I think your average across two games is like 31 points. So if he'd have had a human effort in each of those, you'd probably be the top scorer in the Spanish league. Uh, I mean, I don't really care. I just want wins. 
I what it's worth, I did I did a little bit of looking around, and I think you're comfortably leading the league in shot attempt, if that's any consolation. <laughs> well, after that last game on Saturday, <laughs> oh my god, I think I like put up like 25. I was like a black hole. <laughs> there were some too that I was like, ma'am. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, next this week in practice, I think shot selection is gonna be our goal. <laughs> Because there were a couple, I was like, I think you're a little trigger happy here. So, yeah, but I was a little like, I don't know. It was like, I had a weird feeling during that game. I was just really like, "Mm, I don't know. It It was was too warm. It was too warm. I blame the heat. (laughs) (laughs) See, I practice it every day now, though, so I can't really. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, It's funny talking about wild shot selection being a personal problem when you're talking to like one guy who can't and doesn't shoot and like an ex player and an ex non-shooter as well <laughs> and it's just funny like the idea of shooting the ball and it being like on your fingertips on the way up and being like oh relax all right tell you, what we, <laughs> tell you what we should do is we should start a three on three team and we can just have katie shoot all the shots hey she did that in the commonwealth and one it's funny <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay. Yeah. Last last um, Spain point. After a handful of preseason friendlies, a league game against Bilbao, bumping into him at the beach and now being on this podcast for well over an hour, how sick of the sight of James are you at this point? <laughs> I love James. Come on. Ah, I'm <laughs> harmless, if nothing else. <laughs> I was actually pretty happy to run into you on the beach, though. It was like, that was so random. I was like, what? Yeah, we had a moment of like, I was like, is that you? But then you're looking at me and being like, is that me? I'm like, I'm in a wheelchair. Like, this is not, you were like sitting on a seat reading a book. It was the back of your head. I had an excuse. You turned around and did a double take. And I'm like, come on. Like, well, so I was like reading and then I kind of like caught your chair, like your wheel, yeah. like out of the corner of my eye. And I, you know, obviously I'm like, that might be someone I know. Yeah. What <laughs> so, are the chances? You yeah, do that thing where like, my wife does the thing where anytime someone in a wheelchair in the public goes past me, she's like, is that your friend? And I'm like, come on. Oh, yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I know. See, I always like see someone in like a wheelchair in public and I'm like, I wonder if they're athletic at all. Like, yeah. especially in Canada, if it's a girl, I'm like, I wonder if they have any sports experience. Like, yeah. you see a tall person with a limp and you just throw something above their head to see if they'll catch it. <laughs> exactly. How do you feel about basketball? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. But I I did like I caught your like wheel and then I couldn't like you kind of already like passed a bit so then I had yeah. to like yeah double and then it was like yeah that's James yeah but I'd figured it out at this point but anyway right yeah and you um, were trying to escape you're like don't let her see that <laughs> I just didn't know if it was you or not because once again you were looking towards the sea reading I was like ah she might want she, think, she might want to I not think we already me. had you booked for the podcast at that point so James is like oh, I can't talk to her outside of recording we don't want to ruin any of the topics. Yes. Uh, yeah. Keep it for the pod, as people don't say. Um, I've heard that before. And I'm like, no, that's embarrassing. But OK, so we've got a couple of questions. Uh, and the first one is, what's the best ice cream you've had on the island so far? Oh, man. Um, okay. and don't, don't give us that I'm an athlete. I don't eat ice cream because we know. Um. OK, when I was on tortoise i ate so much pistachio gelato so that is not an answer i would ever give but i hate to be a downer i've only had ice cream here once oh 
well then by default but, but it was like it was from a local place here and it was like a they were it was like tropical ice cream and i've never had that before so it was like pineapple and it was like these little like cubes like they're chocolate coated and oh. so it was like there's pineapple coconut and it wasn't vanilla it was like some kind of i don't know but they were pretty delicious um i'm not usually a big coconut fan like if it's fake coconut but this was not fake coconut so that was pretty good um sorry i don't have a more interesting answer that one that's that's fine it wasn't that interesting a question I'm <laughs> i know but i'm like ice cream i love ice cream and anytime a question is about food let's go a lot of experience with that so. gotta go get an ice cream this week who'd you play this week uh malaga i think Ah, you can get ice cream in Malaga. That's fine. Um, cool. Mark, next question. Okay. This one says, do you ever hit yourself or anybody else in the face with your braid? I presume this means <laughs> while playing, not just in life in general, but it, whichever spawns the best answer, I'm fine with. Um, yes. I've actually hit myself in the face quite a lot. I'm sure I've hit other people too, but they haven't told me about it. Once when I was playing in university... Uh, it was just a ponytail, but I like whipped my hair really fast and it like wrapped around my friend's neck. Mm. <laughs> and like, obviously when you're playing, you're sweaty too, so it doesn't come off. Oh, wow. <laughs> so gross. Um, but yeah, I've hit myself in the face so many times. And like the worst though is when it hits you in the eye. Oh God, does that hurt? Cause it's like, you know, just like full open eye and then like really dry hair like oh it doesn't feel good yeah yeah i have you're talking, I, you're talking I hate it when that happens you're talking to two people who <laughs> went through the um like 15 years old emo fringe so i think we could we can at least relate on that front of like shaking the shaking the hair out of your eyes at all times uh, honestly when i was younger though i had haircuts like you guys so <laughs> well like our current haircuts or like our 15 year old emo haircuts both <laughs> actually my favorite one though when i was younger was like a beetles bulk <laughs> oh i've had that one as well also shaved at the back too like the mushroom cut nice i thought it would look so cool and i was like i don't know like eight or something trust me it did not look cool. that's well, so funny whipping you in the eye you gotta give it that so, uh, yeah. Were you the only eight-year-old in all of Canada asking to speak to the manager without haircut? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a mushroom cut. It was more like I wouldn't put it more like a Karen. It was more like a a Nick Carter. <laughs> oh wow! Backstreet Boys, come on! Oh wow! Oh yeah, had, like the like like yeah, cut yeah. here, and then it was like shaved back here. No. Uh, yes, women's wheelchair. Not a Karen. It was not a Karen, but like I got, you know, the little boy. Like, oh, my mom was like, oh, you're such a cute little boy. Mm. <laughs> After enough of that, that's when I grew my hair out, and it's been like this length for. If you, if you have a photo of the um the haircut you're talking about, could you please send it over to us, and we'll post it as the artwork for the podcast. Oh boy, I think. <laughs> me talking about it should be enough <laughs> that, that would be great i don't um, know if i actually want to give physical that's, evidence that's about. entirely fair i just wanted to see what you'd say Fine. Um, we'll just have to believe you uh last question uh as the current belt holder and i think this is maybe a first for us maybe not but as far as i can remember it's a first for us 
Uh, Mark, at this point, don't tell me if I'm wrong. They'll just believe us. Uh, who would you like to give the belt to based on performances over the last week? Okay, I mean, you guys like already touched on it when we first started, and I was like, well, shit. Like, I had picked Philipski. Hell yeah. I thought he had just like these crazy, like you said, like superhuman performances. I was like, damn. Although I did say, um, number 11, this is me not being able to remember people on uh, Medeba played actually quite well in their game too. But oh, yeah, the French kid. Enzo uh, Trebuchet, yeah. Trebuchet. Yeah. Um, he was like uh, 10 from 11 in the first quarter or yeah. something like he, he had he had 20 24 at half time and finished the game with 29 i think so yeah, yeah i think when, when that's happening on one end and philipski's pushing himself above 40 on the other end it's tough tough to look past <laughs> philipski to give that guy the belt yeah, yeah. well philipski though there was one part oh my gosh um in their game it was like halfway through i think like the second quarter and he got like a pass um and he was like on the charge circle and he had like he was i think it was number 19 i think hernandez in front of him and then i think there was someone behind him but like it was a pretty like short i feel like an easy post up for him and he shot it like fully over the hoop and then he just like kind of backed up and just screamed he was like fuck <laughs> and it made me laugh so much because I was like, I cannot relate to that harder. Like, that's me. Like, anytime I make a mistake, well, yeah. not anytime, but yeah. like, and when I get frustrated in practice, that's how I let it out. Like, I will just sure. straight up scream. And it's yeah. usually Lipsky as well. We touched on it in last week's roundup. He is all time watch him when like the not game action stuff's going on because he, it was like last week he broke away from his own huddle to go and give Agostino Lejos a high five. There was, I think, James, there was a time where he, like, checked your shot out of bounds and then was like, hey, keep going, man, or, like, t- pat on the shoulder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he checked me and then, like, give me a high five. I was like, let's go, baby. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, I know you're not trash talking. I know you just love basketball. He, yeah. last last year at one point, I went to the basket and thought he filed me. And I was like, that's a file. But I, like, went and turned to the ref to say it. And he thought I was saying it to him. And he was like, hey, it's basketball, Gurva. And I was like. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, man. I would never give you abuse. But um, had we hit record when I spoke about the fact that he had an ant one from like 18 feet with his left hand and also went into a free throw lineup backwards for no reason, because I just want to make sure they're on record because this is the funniest thing that anyone's ever done. <laughs> he's somehow simultaneously star of every game he's in. And he's also like one of those movie extras who's like trying to do something just to make themselves like visible to the camera. Like Lego movie Batman, where he's like picking his teeth with the batarang in, in the background, <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, cool. we'll go Philipski. I'm certainly not going to argue with you. So, um, I did want to give an honorable mention though to Mariana on your team because she hit two pretty clutch shots. For you guys, after like you know, it's not like she really gets the ball that often, no. but uh, and she always just does her job really well. Like she's so good at sealing and stuff. So I want to just give an honorable mention to her because I thought that was, you know, like in the game, I was just like, I couldn't even be mad at it because I was pumped for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just having to do all of that work as a one pointer, especially a female yeah. one pointer in the mixed game. Like I know they get pushed and pulled about and 
scent here, there, and everywhere on both ends of the floor, and then to just like go shoot a hundred percent on cold hands is exactly like yeah. haven't touched the ball, and then you get it in these two massive situations, like three minutes left in the game, tight game, and yeah, she oh, yeah. Just, so yeah, yeah, Mariana's great. Shout her, up. yeah, will do. That will be all from us. Um, Katie, thanks for joining again. I appreciate in the um time since we last had you on we've definitely had like three or four conversations where we'll be like hey we'll get you back on at some point and then it's never happened but you are always welcome and we will speak to you again soon and good luck with the rest of the season this has been great thanks guys always love talking basketball with you okay uh thanks very much and thanks everyone for listening we'll be back uh in a couple of days probably it might be three months we've lied before we'll lie again <laughs> take it easy bye <laughs>